When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, you know the deal. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And of course, you can read my work on ESPN.com. This is going to be a big week, so stay tuned for some some stories of mine on ESPN because this is a huge week for the Washington Commanders. The vote is still scheduled to take place on Thursday to to um, for the other NFL owners to vote on whether or not Josh Harris should be the next owner of the Washington Commanders. Folks, He's going to be the next owner. So I don't think I I think you can anticipate a unanimous vote. I don't think you've ever seen a group of owners so ready to move on from the previous owner of a franchise. Now, I know the Washington Post last week, and because I've been away, I'm off. I haven't had a chance to talk about a lot of this stuff until now. So, but I know the Washington Post last week reported that there were still some, I guess, lingering indemnification issues involving Snyder and the league, et cetera. Well, after that story appeared, I did talk to multiple people. They all were very confident that the vote would still take place, that there would be no snags for the that would delay this vote. So I think you can rest easy on that one. Now, of course, when Dan Snyder's involved, we've all seen crazy things that have happened. And I know for a lot of you, you're not going to believe it, until the vote actually takes place. So you won't believe it's going to happen if that vote takes place at 125 central time at 126 central time is when you believe that the trend, that the ownership is actually transferring to Josh Harris. But again, the people I've talked to multiple people feel very confident that this vote will still take place on Thursday. And you're not asking all these other owners to fly in during the summer at a time when they're off. This is a special session. You're not going to ask them to fly in if you don't think that a vote will be taking place. So there you go. So that it's it's a huge week, folks. And once this happens, you know, there's going to, again, it's a special session. So they're going to meet around one o'clock central time. So two o'clock Eastern time. And then I would expect Commissioner Roger Goodell, Josh Harris to talk to the media briefly. And then I do expect Harris to have a press conference in D.C. the next day. I would assume that it's going to be at FedEx Field. Details will come later, but that's my assumption right now. Then it, then he's going to turn to what are the priorities for his ownership? And that's where he can start to make his mark. And of course, we've been telling you for several months that the plan has always been that they're going to take their time and be patient and assess what who and what they have in this organization. So they're not going to come in and make these rash decisions. They do have some high-level executive positions that have to be filled, including a chief financial officer, head of ticketing. So they've got to fill those. 
But in terms of the coaching staff, the GM, you know, obviously Jason Wright, all those guys, they're going to wait and see what they have and then assess, you know, assess the situation, et cetera. The immediate stuff that they need to do is increase revenue. That's sponsorships, get more sponsors, sell more suites. You can immediately boost your revenue, uh, your, 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 your revenue, and they need to do that. Um, and one way that they can help this franchise is to keep good people around. One way you do that is by boosting their salary. This team, their, their staff is probably one of the lowest overall in, you know, in general around from around the NFL compared to the rest of the NFL. And that shouldn't be not for a franchise like this in a market like that. <clears throat> so, but one way you can help, and then you can reinvest that into FedEx field. You've going to, you're going to keep it there. You're going to play there for the next probably six, seven, eight years. You've got to reinvest some money to keep it, to keep it updated, just to, just to make sure it doesn't keep falling down. And because the previous group wasn't doing a whole lot with it. Um, I mean, that previous group, I'm talking about the Bruce Allen days. So you're going to have to reinvest there. You're going to, there are some things that they want to do um, just with their technology at their facility that can be updated by, you know, with, with more revenue. So in speaking to that practice facility, uh, they'll be able to probably, put that land up for sale and then move their practice facility elsewhere in Virginia within the next couple of years. The reason why they're going to stay in Virginia folks is that the, the fan duel, the, you know, for the, the team got a, a license to operate a sports book in Virginia because their headquarters are based there. But the deal is to have that license, you're, you have to have your headquarters based in Virginia. So if they left Virginia, they're going to be casting aside a very lucrative deal for them. So that's one of the reasons why I would expect them to stay in Virginia, stay near, you know, look for it to be built somewhere near where they can be have quick access to hospitals and to the airport. So anyway, that's just a little side. But again, the top priorities would be suites, sponsorships, you know, deciding on, on people there and then get the process going with the stadium. And that leads into my second item, which is about RFK, the RFK site. Again, when I was gone, there was a story in the Washington Post, and you know I talked to people about this too, that James Comer, the oversight committee chairman, <clears throat> is, is introducing or is writing legislation, it hasn't been introduced yet as, as we talk, that would extend the lease that the federal government has. Uh, they leased it to the district, and it would extend the lease by 99 years. And I think it ends in sometimes, it's like either ends right now, either 2036, 2038, something like that. But they would extend it by 99 years. That would give the district the ability to do with the land something like get the team back down there. And obviously, we know that Mary, uh, that Mayor Bowser would love to have the commanders back down in the district. So how important is this? I do think it's a it's a big step, but I, it still does not put RFK in the lead for the likely outcome of where the stadium would be built. But it puts them, I think, better or more stronger into the conversation. So you'd still have, first of all, it has to get, it'll get, chances are it gets through the House. Then it has to get through the Senate. Then the DC Council has to agree with the mayor what they want to do with the land. Um, you know, you you have then you have to have the team and the mayor working together to make sure that the revenue split is right, that who's paying what, who's getting what. And, you know, that those are big deals. And though that that's it, it, that's always been those are some significant hurdles to overcome. But the first one is getting the land back in the control of the district 
So that's why, and it it probably boosts the odds of going to RFK from maybe 15% to in that 20 to 25 range, um, creeping up toward 25, maybe much better, better than it was before. And that's again, a step. Then the other part of it would be, Hey, listen, if you're Josh Harris and the first thing you do within your, within your first year, because I don't expect a stadium to be announced, a stadium site to be announced until sometime in, you know, either late spring or early summer next year. So, because you're going to get through legislative sessions, see what other locales can do or want to do to help you out, to help, to lure you into their, into their jurisdiction. So we're, that's going to take you into next year and then negotiations and all that. So my guess is it'll be around then. So, so within the first year though, if you're Josh Harrison, you're the guy that could bring them back down into the district that's pretty, it's a pretty good start for you, but it's got to be right. So would you, how much are you willing to go down there and do that versus maybe passing up much better offers for you either in, in Maryland at the site of FedEx or somewhere in Virginia, in, in Northern Virginia, in, the Loud, around, in or around Loudoun County. So like, but that, but again, it was a good step for getting back to RFK, but there's still a, a several hurdles remain to get to actually get down there, but we'll see. The one thing we haven't heard, the person we haven't heard from is Josh Harris and all this. I'm just, this is just kind of gathering information from people who have been involved in this process, be it politicians or whomever, that have been involved in this process for a while. Josh Harris adds a different layer to it. He's going to bring in, he's got his people, like he's got guys like Mark Ein, who is a local DC guy, you know, owns the castles, been around DC forever. He's got his own connections. Can can he do some things to help with that? So that's where those are all the things that we don't know. But as we talk right now, that's how I would stack it up. <clears throat> and I know um, there's Ox, you know, in Oxen Hill uh, in Maryland. That's that was had been mentioned before. And I know the blue line. There's talk about the blue line maybe going out there. Problem is, and people within the team know this right now that the blue line wouldn't be out there for a few decades you're not going to build a stadium and then wait another 10 years for the blue line to be finished. And you're going to want some level of um, easier access. And so like right, really right now, the Maryland site would be FedEx as we talk right now. Anyway, that's it from there. That's what, that's what you have to know about, about the stadium. Now, finally, let's get to some top 10 lists. Let's get back on the field because in, in less than two weeks, in, in about 10 days, the commanders will be back on the field with a new owner. School is out and summer is here, so it's time to plan your next family adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring, located in Montgomery County, Maryland, is the largest ropes course and zip line park in the country. Beat the heat and join us after dark for some night climbing. When the sun goes down, the park is lit up, allowing you to climb under the stars. Check out their glow-in-the-park events for extra glow lights and music throughout the forest. Want to keep your feet on the ground? Grab a bite to eat from the food truck and give axe throwing a try. Perfect for first-timers or experts, their projector systems allow you to throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. 
That's promo code KEIM23DC, K-E-I-M-2-3-D-C. Now open seven days a week. This is the perfect time of year to get outside and join the adventure at theadventurepark.com. One of the things I want to talk about is some of the, and we've talked a little bit about this, about expectations from outside this commander's bubble. And I thought it was interesting reading Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, one of our our senior writers, um, has been writing several or writing ESPN plus pieces in which he talked to a number of executives, scouts, coaches, players to rank like top 10 players at each position. And the way they did this, again, he talked, these are, this isn't his ranking. It's a ranking based on the opinion of people in the game. That's why I think it's worth taking note of it and how other people in the game view this franchise going into training camp or going into the season. So they would give, you know, Jeremy would give them like a list of 25 names and you could pick 10 guys. Again, it's top 10. So it could, you know, you may not get a vote because nobody considers you top 10. And I, I think at some positions, there's no surprise in that for Washington. So where do they have top 10 guys? Well, defensive, the interior defensive line. So Deron Payne, John Allen, both in there. I think Payne was six, Allen was 10. Uh, both both are in there, both belong in there. Both have made plays, both have made a name for themselves. They've gotten rewarded with big deals. They both belong in there. So that, that and that's the heart of that defense. And really the heart of this team is that defensive front. The, the defensive ends, nobody in there. That shouldn't be a surprise really either. The question for that, that I would have with it is, and this is where I think when you look at these lists, I also look at it not just like how do they view it now, but who could elevate to be in that included in there next year? Do they have guys who could do that? Well, I think at defensive end, the answer, of course, is yes. Chase Young could have a good year, then he's back on that top 10 list. So going, you know, again, you know, is he a top 10 talent? Yes. So he can get back in there. I think the same thing for Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat goes out there and has a good year. He's back on that list, you know, so he, or he gets onto that list because he has that ability. He just hasn't done enough to be included into a top 10 edge rusher list at this point, but is he capable? Yes. So I think both those guys have that ability, especially when you're playing with those guys inside, um, I think that's that's one. So while they're not on there, the potential is there for those guys to get there. And then you look, I think the problem area is the offensive line. And this is one of the things you can listen. Nobody from this team was on that top 10 list. And that's not a surprise either. And nobody nobody warranted even in others receiving votes in that category. And that this is the area that I think we have to really, really watch in training camp and the season because that I think they have the as big a question mark as any and as big a concern as any because do they have the potential to be a really good line like Sam Howell? He's not going to be on a top 10 quarterbacks list, and nor should he. And he probably even if he has a good year this year, he wouldn't be on there next year either. But can he but can he become a good quarterback for them? Can he play well? Well, I think he's got that potential, right? Because there's a lot of mystery with him. That line could where can this line ascend to? I think there's some questions there because they do have four new star four stars at four four new stars at four spots, and you know the the troubling thing for me is that you look at the Eagles. The Eagles had four of their linemen were on this were on um, a top ten list where they because they broke it down by tackles and interior linemen. So if they had four guys on there. 
that's 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 a big reason why that offense is really really good. Then you add on Jalen Hurts and what he can do, that run game, but but so much of it starts with that front. Every NFC East team had a tackle on there except for Washington. Now, could Washington have a player ascend to there next year? I think that's I think that, you know, that's asking a lot. I think could Sam Cosby become a really good guard? Yeah, I think he's got that potential to get there at some point. I don't know that in a year he gets there, but I think at some point he could be a pretty good guard. Um, Wiley, I think, is going to be where he is. Nick Gates, could he be a top 10 interior li- interior lineman? Top 10, because that includes guards and centers. Well, that's a, that's asking a lot. Um, but could he become a solid center for them? Yeah, he can. And and I like the Stromberg pick. I think he can develop into a solid backup and then eventual starter for them. Um, but when you look at that group overall, you know, I think they're gonna have to be better together than they are certainly when than they are individually on paper. Leno, he's not a top 10 tackle, you know, and that's okay. Like, you know, it that's not who he is. And when they signed him, that's not who he was then either. He needs to be a steady, consistent tackle for them. And, and just, you know, that's what that line has to be. And I think if they can get there, just be a solid line, then you can have, then you can have more success. But that is a big, that is a, there, to me, that's a big question mark regarding that group going into training camp. But I'll have more on that later about some of those issues where I have some camp previews, et cetera. The other top 10 player um, that let me, I'm going to, well, we'll get to this in a minute, but the other top 10 players so far, or guy receiving votes was Logan Thomas at tight end. And I think that's warranted because when he's healthy, I think he can be that kind of a player. Now, a solid top 10. Well, he wasn't in the top 10, but he was others receiving votes, which meant at least somebody felt like he warranted mention in the top 10. And I do think based on what we saw in the spring, he looked like himself. So if he stays healthy, I think he can have a very good year for them. And I also think the it's not just him being healthy, but I think it's the way Biennemi, the way they are going to use a tight end in this offense. And Sam Howell clearly was looking for him a lot in the spring, in the red zone especially. So I think Howell can be a guy who puts himself firmly in there. Um, and I think that would be good for this offense. Receiver, well, as I talk, receiver hasn't come out yet, but – I'm going to take a wild guess and say that Terry McLaurin is a top 10 receiver in the NFL. That is warranted. And so whether or not he's in the top 10, he's going to get votes because he deserves it. So they have a guy there that you know is in that category. Jahan Dotson, could he get there someday? I think I think he could get there someday. Would he get there this year? I think that's asking a lot. But he can get, but he can be a, a really good player for them. The other one, running backs, they didn't get mentions. And I don't look at Antonio Gibson or Brian Robinson is top 10 guys at this point, but can they be a solid combination? Yes, I think they can be a solid combination. I think Gibson is a guy that can really open some eyes this year. I think they both could because keep in mind, again, you know, Brian Robinson played last year after getting shot twice. It's not easy. He had to learn, you know, I mean, he got shot twice. So that's, so he could have a better year and be better than what people think. Now, is he in that top 10 category? I don't I don't put him there, but he can be a solid player for you. And I think Gibson can be a guy that maybe has a, a much better year than people anticipate because of how I think he's going to be used. And if they, and I'll say this, like, I think you could be rightly pissed if they don't use him the way they've been talking about using him. And because like you saw it in the spring, 
and he has a chance to hit home runs for this offense if used properly. So I think they know that, but they've got to use him right. And otherwise he's going to go down as the guy, like every year you'd hear the same thing, like, yeah, he could be the guy. And, and then he never kind of got to the level that you were hoping he'd get to. But I think if there's any year he could do it, I think it's this one where he could be a much bigger factor. So while they may not have a top 10 back, I still think they can have a solid group there um, because of those two. You know, on defense, outside the line, linebacker, nobody there. Can Jamin Davis ascend there? Well, listen, behind this line, you should ascend to that position. You're a first-round pick. This is your third year. And I always felt like his third year would be the year where he really took a bigger step just because, like, you know, first year were very rough for him and just kind of following his progression at Kentucky. It's a little bit what they thought, and there was a lot put on his plate right away, too much in some areas. And then last year, I felt like he got better. This is the year he's got to take that big step. He has the talent and the ability to ascend to a top 10 list. Again, behind this front, he should get there based on the talent, he, his physical traits. He needs to get there. And if he doesn't, then there's a problem. Um, you know, but, you know, so that's what I would say there. Secondary, nobody made there. And that the when I, I actually reached out to Jeremy to kind of find out some of the criteria because, you know, Cam Curl doesn't get any votes. I think he's a very solid safety. But again, that's why I say top 10 safety. I don't know that he's a top 10 safety. Um, and I would say this, the league doesn't view him as a top 10 safety. Can he get there? I don't, I don't know if he can get there. I don't think he needs to get there necessarily because they got, I think if that front plays so well, that's where you're going to get the top 10 talent. But again, I've always told you how much I like his game and how much they appreciate his game. And I think there's a lot of times with him that there's the subtleties of what he does is so important. You know, whether it's getting guys in the right spot, he's, he's a smart, smart player and he doesn't always make these big time plays but he does the right things. And there's a lot of value in that, especially for this defense, because you see what happens when he's not in there. And there were games, again, I go back to the Detroit game. If he plays that game, I think they win that game because of some of the breakdowns, he would have been in position to change that play, um, whether with his presence um, or the way he would have handled it, et cetera. So, so while he may not be a top 10 safety right now, he's still a good safety and a really good safety for them and how they use and his versatility adds to that. A corner, you know, can Forbes get there? Yeah, Forbes can get there. I think it's that would probably take a couple of years to get there. But if if he can get, you know, he's the guy that you can say he could ascend there because he's the first round talent, you know, and um, and he has a chance to make plays and that's always going to get you noticed. So is it a big problem that they don't have a guy at that spot? I don't think so, because I like this secondary. I think the sum of it, or, you know, the, or excuse me, the whole of it is better maybe than the, than just looking at the individual names and saying, oh, well, it's Kendall Fuller saying whatever. I think together they're a good group. And I think, again, I've told you before, smart, versatile. I think they're tough, too. So I think they play well with this within this scheme and this system. And there's, a, again, value in that. But they don't have a Jalen Ramsey. At this point. So can again, Forbes is the guy that you for they have to hope can ascend to that level just because of his ability to make plays. So, but again, I don't think you should be surprised by who was not included in these top 10 lists. And is it is an it's an indication of how the league views this team going into the season, not how they're going to how now it's going to go. And the key I've always said with these things is how do they view you at this point next year? Because that'll tell you what kind of year this team had. 
And I think there are a few guys that can rise that level, but the ones who can transform this defense and this team are Sweat and Young because they have that ability. And I think Jamin Davis has to play much better too because he has that ability. And you're, you know, you're a 19th overall pick. This is the time now where you got to really make a big mark if you're going to do it. So, um, but again, Sweat and Young can really transform what this defense does, and that would help a lot. I think offensively. You know, again, they don't have that big time guy just waiting to bloom, but they have a lot. They they have a few guys who could be in that solid category, and that's what they're going to need because they haven't had enough of those guys either. And then it comes down to is that line any good? And that's that's still still the one area where you have to say, I just don't know. And I like some of the moves they made. I like Nick Gates. I like moving Cosme to guard. I like. Andrew, I think Andrew Wiley is a pro. Um, is he perfect? No, but he's a pro. And I think that's, so is he an upgrade over last year? Yes. And, you know, then I think Cosme would be an upgrade over right guard. I think Gates will be an upgrade at center, but he's got to stay healthy. You know, the question is on the left side, Sadiq Charles, don't know. Will he stay healthy? And if not, is Chris Paul ready? I don't know. And then Charles Leno has to have a better, better year than how he finished last year. And will that happen? I don't know. So there are a lot of questions there and they, they are going to have to provide the answers. Um, but that's why we go into the field and see what happens. But I did want to bring it up because I felt it was interesting and, and just how this team is perceived. And I think it's important for you guys to know how it's perceived, just so you have all the information in your head. But you know what? At this point, believe what you want to believe and have faith if you want to have faith. And I think the biggest thing that's going to happen is, is the sale, right? Because now this season is important, but that sale is bigger because obviously, because now you have a chance to build an organ, a good organization. When Dan Snyder was here, man, you didn't have a chance. You would have to catch lightning in a bottle and hope you got something good. Hope that something good happened for a couple of years because he just was unable to build a sustainable winning organization. I think Josh Harris can. Now, is he always going to make every right move? No, but he's a professional owner. And Dan Snyder, to me, never was. So whatever whatever all these pundits are saying about them, I think focus on the vote and the fact that you're going to have a professional sports ownership group, one that knows how to run a sports team and put together a sports team. And again, will it work every time? No, because it never does but you have a chance to at least build a good organization, something they haven't had in a long, long time. So that's it for me. Thanks as always for tuning in. And don't forget, I'll be, I'm going to be playing an interview that I um, recorded with Tim Bontemps, who is ESPN's, one of ESPN's NBA writers, covered the Sixers quite a bit, and he knows Josh Harris rather well. So I wanted to bring him on to talk about what does what kind of owner is Harris? What can Commanders fans expect from him? And so there you go. I'm going to play that. I think it's either Wednesday or Thursday, the day of the vote. And then I'll be back Friday after all the festivities wrap up, the press conferences, etc. Be back then. And then after that, I'm going to talk training camp, folks. So as always, thanks for tuning in. And I'll talk to you next time. 